It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Rates, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. Well, hello and welcome into another Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. We are talking clear, concise, and competitive analysis as we get ready for some Turkey Day football. We've got some Monday Night Football takeaways and maybe some trade darts trade targets uh, as the deadline approaches trade targets as the deadline approaches is that did I, did I get that right no no response there so what are y'all's monday night takeaways Braden, alex joining me here on the pod today what did y'all take away from the 49ers 38 to 10 victory over the cardinals we'll start with you alex yeah it was a kind of a beatdown. honestly uh i kept getting notifications that jimmy garoppolo was throwing touchdown after touchdown so you know, Kyle Shanahan, their hell or high water has assembled quite the offensive arsenal. Um, with Christian McCaffrey there, Debo Samuel healthy, Brennan Ayuk, and George Kittle healthy. So we don't know how long they're all going to be healthy, but until they are not, this is a very good offense. And I think no matter what piece you have in it, it's going to pay off for fantasy, at least for the time being. On the Cardinals side, though, they are kind of getting unlucky in terms of the injury history as soon as Marquise Brown's about to come back someone else goes down it's just back and forth but this looks bad I don't know I don't we don't need to maybe get into the NFL conversation here with Cliff Kingsbury but I was gonna say this is he gonna make it to the end of the year I mean with Nathaniel Hackey being a first year coach I think Cliff Kingsbury has a better chance of getting fired in season than Nathaniel Hackett but I mean you know, we're talking fantasy. I don't. I don't really have a ton of expertise on the real life, but uh, Braden looked like you're about to say something on that. Yeah, I just, I, I think Monday night was really telling. I mean, how bad do the Cardinals have to be to make the greatest of all time, the greatest quarterback of all time, Colt McCoy, look as bad as he did? I mean, they looked Texas so bad. Spot. Hook them all, gas no breaks. But, um. Seriously, though, the Cardinals just didn't even look like they were on the same tier. Like, even in the same conversation, it it just didn't – it looks like it's not translating with Kingsbury, and I, I agree. I think that there is a – their schedule coming up is tough. I think that I think that there is a really realistic chance he's gone, and, and he for sure has to be considered in that conversation. It's definitely been interesting to see the Kyler Kingsbury kind of buttonheads too. That's never a good sign there. Um, I think my takeaway, and then Alex, you can add your last point there, but it's interesting to see Elijah Mitchell be as effective as he is. It definitely looks like they want to use him, but they're kind of saving him. They don't want to rush him back. Um, I think for anybody that's that's creating worry for, for Christian McCaffrey, I wouldn't worry too much because they're clearly being very creative with Christian McCaffrey and how they get him the ball. Kyle Shanahan is used to that with Debo. They just... I mean, it's kind of pick your poison. You're not going to be able to count on anybody having the breakout game continuously, but they're all going to get theirs. And heck, I guess you can even throw Brandon Ayuk in there as a red zone target. Um, so just a lot of options there for the 49ers. And if you can get a 49ers piece, um, then you're you're looking good. And, and that's a piece I want. So uh, Alex, what was your last point there? Yeah, well, I guess to respond to that really quick, the buy low piece there is probably Debo Samuel before the trade deadline. He just had a little bit of a down couple weeks with injury and stuff. And then Brandon Ayuk has played really well. So if somebody's willing to sell low on Debo Samuel, that's probably a good move. My last point though, was on the Arizona side. And like, 
I think we just need to recalibrate where Kyler Murray stands in the quarterback conversation, not only this year, but kind of going forward. I know he was probably a top six quarterback for all of us in dynasty going into this year. You have, you know, Mahomes and um, Josh Allen, and we had Justin Herbert and Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, and now we have Justin Fields, but I don't feel like Kyler Murray is Joe in Burrow. that. And I, th- I think Joe Burrow's laughing at this point. Kyler Murray was honestly like four at some points for us, just depending on the different times of the year and, and you know, their acquisition of Hollywood Brown. So maybe that's not a conversation for tonight, but that's just an interesting, I think if I have Kyler, I'm trying to, if I, and I'm making a playoff run, I'm trying to sell him potentially. Yeah. You don't have a whole lot of continuity there with the Cardinals offense with all their injuries. Um, I think that's something that's definitely being taken in consideration by fantasy managers, managers in general. Um, but you definitely, if you're making a playoff run, you probably don't want Kyler. Like Braden said, the the schedule gets tough and he's still trying to get Hopkins rhythm back. And then you got Marquise Brown coming back. Um, individually, I think both of those guys are fine, but uh, it's tough to, to find that rhythm and you don't want that struggle during the playoff run. So if you can sell him for, I mean, who are you selling him for, Braden, if you can sell him? Or I guess, Alex, you were the one that was kind of saying that. So who who would you maybe try and get uh, quarterback-wise? Yeah, I think if you could get Justin Herbert right now, I would do it. Justin Herbert's had a bad couple weeks. I think if Joe Burrow is somehow there, I'd sell Kyler right now for Dak if I need to make a push. I was I was just going to say, would you go Dak? So what yeah. about Tua? Yeah. Yep, I would, I would do Tua. And then I would also do – I know Lamar Jackson's had a bad couple weeks, but it's a different kind of bad. The – Kyler and Lamar are both in the same tier before the season. Lamar's had a different type of bad. It's, it's been more offense. They, they're getting some pieces healthy. It's just been a different type of thing where Kyler's looks like this could be the rest of the season. So I would even trade Kyler for Lamar at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, just the guys you named there, and then you've got a couple question marks, maybe like Tom Brady. I don't know that I'd necessarily do him above Kyler, but just some other names that can be thrown in conversation. Kyler's quickly outside of the top 10, which is – crazy to think about where he started at the beginning of the season. So, well, let's move on and talk some Turkey day football. I know I'm excited about the Thanksgiving games as a lions fan. It is usually one of the only um, nationally televised games that you get every year. So you get to look forward to pain in person. Uh, so we'll start off with the lions versus bills. I'm um, just kind of previewing highlighting maybe some players that are important to talk about there and they are the, I guess it's a little bit earlier than a noon kickoff. I think kicks off at 11 or 1130, but um, playing in Detroit, the Bills, second second game uh, in, in Detroit. And I was talking to somebody today that if the Bills win, they will have won as many games in Detroit as Detroit has this season so far. So <laughs> it's kind of fun to look at. But from a fantasy perspective, what are y'all looking at and what are y'all highlighting um, at that game? Start with you, uh, Yeah, so for me, I think that all eyes are on Josh Allen and with the injury, you know, they, um, his passing yard has been down. He is, he's made some mistakes. Um, last game, I think they tried to overcorrect that and really tried to run the ball more. Singletary got a lot of work. Even James Cook had a really good day. And, um, you know, Diggs was really quiet till he, his first catch was that touchdown. And, um, the I think the leader in yardage was was Dawson Knox with like 70. And so kind of a kind of a different day for Josh Allen. I don't I don't know if he's right yet. I don't know if his elbow is right. And so you're for sure not benching him, but I, I kind of think all eyes are on that. Like it it's just I'm really interested to see because Detroit's defense has been known as being really, really bad and they looked 
really good last week <laughs> or um who, whoever they played i forgot who they were who they played but they looked they beat really the good. giants new york giants yeah so it's one or the other either detroit was good and new york was bad or provides probably, versa, probably but... a combination of both but anytime yeah. the Lions win three games in a row i mean something's well, got... i was gonna say daniel jones still had a really good day it was just saquon barkley that kind of got stifled so it'll be interesting to see how the the lions adapt to that well yeah. jeff jeff akuda is probably he's been battling injuries so i don't know if he's gonna play and that I mean, line secondary gets rough quick. So Stefan Diggs could be in for a pretty get right game, a pretty big get right game, but who knows? He could, I, I could see them having a game plan to um, like scheme some pretty short stuff with um, Allen's elbow. But I, I just, I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how that plays out and just the whole narrative of, you know, playing in the same stadium twice in a week and not being able to get home and having to having to walk to like fans snowmobiles to get to the airport. Like, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see how the Bills um, handle this game on Thanksgiving. So we've talked a little bit about the Bills side. Alex, get us up to speed on the Lions side and maybe some players that are really I mean, the players are pretty straightforward. It's DeAndre Swift, it's Jamal Williams, it's Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, beyond that, you're a little bit of dart throws. So those three guys, what are your expectations for them against a Bills team that's been up and down on defense? Yeah, so if I can sit Jared Goff, I'm still going to do that. He's uh, he's kind of outside the top 15 for me right now. I'm on our St. Brown. He's still, I mean, he's maxing out at 38%, I think, target shares, but he's as low as 32. It's just, it's elite production. You have to take it um, past that. And I would even say the same thing with Buffalo. Like the biggest question marks in this game are the backfields. Cause I don't think even on the Bills side, you're not sitting Stefan Diggs. You're probably not sitting Gabe Davis. Uh, you're not sitting Amon Ross St. Brown. Right. But it's who do you play with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift? It was really interesting. Jamal Williams had three high value touches, like in the within the 10 yard line, and he converted all three of them in one try. But DeAndre Swift also got two, so he just didn't convert his. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, if I have DeAndre Swift, I'd like to play him still as like a top 30 running back, top 25 running back-ish. He's gotten better every week he's been back, and they, you could see they're getting him healthier and scheming for him a little bit more. So I think yeah. this week they're – I think he's going to be at least 75% to 80%. Yeah, and I think even against the Bills, you know, defense, I think you still want that. Jamal Williams is also you have to play him at this point. It's just you know at some point this is gonna like at some point this is gonna be kind of a house of cards with Jamal Williams. Maybe it isn't the whole season. Maybe he stays the the leading rushing leader for the NFL for the entire season. But you have to imagine that comes back to reality and DeAndre Swift kind of takes back over. So. I'm still trying to play both. I, to answer your question, though, I'm still probably playing both as a top. Maybe I, they're they're in my somewhere between twenty to thirty running backs, so they're definitely RB twos, high in RB threes. But um, it's also nice to get the points early in the week and and then kind of play the rest of your team from there. So I'm still playing either of them if I have them. Yeah, this is a great point with uh, you bring that up with it being Thanksgiving Day. Make sure these guys this will be imperative to be in your running back and quarterback and wide receiver spots. Do not put them in your flex because that'll quickly ruin a week and hamstring you pretty, pretty tightly if you uh, get in a bind. So 
Um, the last thing that I just want to bring up, uh, if there's no other thoughts there, is the over-under is 54.5, so the highest over-under of the three games and one of the higher ones on the week, I believe. So, you know, there's going to be touchdowns to have. You would think there would be touchdowns to have in this game. Um, and so the guys like Jamal Williams, who have been getting to the end zone, Devin Singletary, who have been touchdown dependent, but if there's going to be a game where they get them, this over under kind of leans toward that. I don't know if y'all might disagree with that, that thought there I'm getting some head head shakes. So cool. Um, well let's jump to the Cowboys and giants game, which is the afternoon game giants coming off that loss to the lions. And then the Cowboys coming off the big win to the Viking against the Vikings. So um, they are tied there in the NFC East. Of course the Cowboys are a game technically ahead of the giants because they hold the head to head. But uh, there were some players, uh, Alex, that, you're looking at, and I guess maybe talk through the Zeke versus Pollard. And um, we were talking about that a little bit before the show, but who do you start there? Can you start both? Uh, I mean, you're obviously starting some of one of them if you can, but do you start both of them? Yeah. So man, this is a, a podcast of ambiguous backfields kind of at this point um, with the lions, the bills, now the Cowboys, Tony Pollard. It's no surprise. He's looked way better. Um, even when they split time, it, Ezekiel Elliott was on a snap count though this last week, so there's a little bit of caution there. If I have Ezekiel Elliott, I still would like to play him, but that's under the same logic that I would play DeAndre Swift or Jamal Williams as like back end RB twos. Is I'd like to see what points I get and then adjust my lineup going into the rest of the week. But I think if I have both of them, which there could be the case, you draft Ezekiel Elliott and then you have Tony Pollard as insurance and it's worked out because you've played Tony Pollard, hopefully the last three weeks. Um, I would still play Tony Pollard over Zeke. And I'm just going to do that until I'm proven otherwise on that. Because I think Tony Pollard has proven now two weeks in a split time share that he has outperformed Ezekiel Elliott. So um, it, you know, things could go back to the norm and what we're used to the last couple of years with Ezekiel Elliott. But until that's the case, I'm going to keep taking the points with Tony Pollard because I mean, he had a hundred yards receiving last week so that's i mean that's even if ezekiel Elliott is the main running back like tony pollard is still a critical weapon so at least that's that's where i'm standing it very much could be wrong uh but i uh i'll play that until i get burned uh how do you i have a question real quick how do you how do you rank the running backs we just talked about with pollard and zeke so like let's talk about pollard zeke jamal swift and singletary so I actually, I don't love that I have this, but I probably have Singletary the highest because he's playing Detroit and he's in the most clear, like prominent role out of his backfield. I probably have Pollard next. He's close with Jamal Williams just because Jamal Williams is still proven to get the red zone work, even though he's, even if he's not the starter, uh, they're both probably top. I think I have... Pollard and Jamal Williams somewhere between 13 and 23 ish running backs. And then I will have Swift and Zeke close to 24, 25, 26 range. So Singletary is up there higher though, just because Detroit does not look good and, and love it or hate it. He, he Devin Singletary did this to us last year, but he also kind of towards yeah. the end of the year gets hot. He's the lead guy on the best offense. One of the best offenses in football, hard to pass up. Jonathan, what about you? So you said Zeke, Pollard, Singletary were those three? Was there anybody else? Zeke, Pollard, Singletary, and then the Lions guys. Yeah, um, 
Honestly, I might ride the hot hand of Pollard. Um, I was looking at some of his stuff that I just saw. He ran for 105 yards against the Giants the first time they played, and that was without any pass catching work. And he seems a lot more involved. And that was with Cooper Rush at quarterback two. Um, so I might ride the hot hand of Pollard. It, it does depend a little bit on team structure. I like what Alex is saying. Um, I also though, okay, I'm talking way too ambiguously. I'm just going to say guys, and then y'all can go from there. So, uh, I'll go Pollard, Swift, Singletary, Williams, Zeke. So well, well, Singletary has three touchdowns in the last two weeks. Also, Jamal Williams had three touchdowns last week. So, I mean, not that, I, not that, not that either of you asked, but my list is Pollard, Singletary, <laughs> Zeke, uh, Jamal Swift. I just, okay. I, I know I'm the highest on Swift, um, by far, but I think he's progressively like he, they were talking about a thousand, a thousand before the season. And this is like week three or four of him getting back. And I think he's just slowly, slowly getting more in the offense. Yeah. Jamal Williams is getting the red zone touches or the green zone touches, but I don't know. I don't know, Brad. It sounds like Braden, you and I are much closer in the whole group, just how it plays out, than Jonathan. Jonathan sounds like you have DeAndre. You kind of catapulted DeAndre Swift, which also DeAndre Swift is kind of your guy as well. So there might be a little bit well, of bias. He's in there. the most talented of that group. I mean, we is didn't mention. Not? We didn't mention. You did not mention Justin Jackson, who is obviously on the top of the list for you, <laughs> but Swift is right there next to him, right? Justin Jackson's going to return a kick against the Bills. I'm calling it right now. He's gotten close the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I, guess... I don't know. I just I, I I believe in DeAndre Swift's talent. And end of last year, he made a run, kind of like you were talking about Singletary. Um, and I just think if he gets involved in the passing game and gets four to six targets in the passing game and gets 10 to 12 rushes, I mean, that's more consistent output than – I mean, I still put Pollard first, but – so, so I guess to kind of wrap up on this, with all five of the running backs, Singletary, Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, Tony Pollard, Zeke Elliott, are you in any two running back league with a flex? So you can start three running backs if you have to. Are you benching any of these running backs going into Thanksgiving with the strategy of that you at least see how your lineup kind of shakes out? Like you'd have to have two more, way more dominant running backs and then three dominant wide receivers more, I guess, to like, I feel like all three of the, all five of these guys are playable this week. Is that what y'all sentiment? Yeah. I think I mean, there's a world where you're looking at benching Jamal Williams just because of where you got him in the, in the draft order and who you could possibly have as your other two. That's, that's fair. I mean, depending on if Jamar Chase is healthy or not, I am staring down the question of, do I play Tony Pollard or Chris Godwin? And I would rather just play Tony Pollard on Thursday, not knowing if Jamar Chase is going to be healthy and having to bench Chris Godwin rather than waiting on Tony Pollard and playing Christian Watson or whatever it is, if that makes sense. I'm just trying to, if it makes sense to play him, I'm going to play him just to give myself flexibility going into Sunday. Uh, let's show the Giants some love before we jump to the next game. Uh, obviously, Daniel Jones, uh, he had a good game against the Cowboys the first time, had almost 80 rushing yards. Saquon Barkley, you're playing. Um, he's probably going to bounce back. They're going to feature him. He had a good game against the Cowboys the first time. And then, I mean, is there any other pass catcher you're looking at other than Darius Slayton? Obviously, the terrible injury to Wondell Robinson is really sad because he was really getting it going. But, um, I mean, I don't know that there's there's much more there to be had on the Giants, um, Alex. 
No, the only two Giants I'm starting this week is Saquon Barkley and Darius Slayton. I'm not starting Daniel Jones against this Cowboys defense. Um, and then there's no ancillary pieces that I'd be willing to start. Even though you'd still get the advantage playing them early in the week, uh, not doing it. So, Yeah, the Giants hadn't turned the ball over really all season, and they committed three turnovers last game, and that was really the difference. So it, it'll be come down to can the Cowboys create turnovers again or can they – you know, hold on to the ball as to where your fantasy production kind of comes. So, well, the last game of the night uh, is the counterpart to that Cowboys Vikings game this week in the Vikings, and they're taking on the Patriots, the number one fantasy defense in football. Uh, I feel like we've said that line before. And so, this is eight and one Vikings versus the six and four Patriots. Um, you obviously have some real question marks around the Patriots offense after putting up a whopping three points last week. Um, and then of course the Vikings put up three points last week. Um, obviously the Patriots got help from that kick return, but um, I'm looking at primetime Kirk and got some question marks with this being a late game that always kind of plays into effect there. And then um, that Ramondre Stevenson, Damian Harris uh, split is interesting to me. So Braden kind of maybe dive into some of that stuff and, and we'll preview it as we go. Yeah, really my prediction is it's in Foxborough, it's in primetime, it's on Thanksgiving. Um, New England's a hard place to play, especially the further into winter you get. Um, if I if I don't have to play Kirk Cousins, I'm not, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to play Justin Jefferson. I'm not going to play – I'm playing TJ Hawkinson. I'm playing Dalvin Cook. Um, if I don't have to play Thielen, I don't want to. Um, I have no problem with playing New England's defense, and I have no problem – with Stevenson. If you want to play Harris, that's fine. I, I, I still think that Stevenson is, is the guy there. So that's why, kind of why do you give points. Stevenson the, the leg up? Harris got the start. I'm not asking that. I'm, I'm just asking for our listeners, you know, somebody looking at Harris getting the start. Why do you still link his, Stevenson? uh, he had a pretty large target share where Damien Harris didn't. Um, and his, um, snap percentage was, was greater than Damien Harris's. So, um, he, I'm pretty sure he played, like all the third downs and Harris didn't play any, but I'm, I don't have that in front of me, so I'm not sure. And Stevenson got 77% snap share whenever he was playing to Damon Harris is like 32%. So, yeah, I think it's pretty cut and dry. Just, you know, looking at that from the surface, it's kind of interesting that Damon Harris, we thought Damon Harris was left for dead and then he shows up. Um, does he get the red zone, the goal line work in this game though? Or do you think it's kind of split between him and Ramondre? Alex? I would put, I would put um, if I don't have to play Harris, I'm not going to um, like I, I would say Harris is like the lowest on the list out of out of every single running back we've talked about so far. And so that's that's kind of where I'm at with him. Ramondre or Tony Pollard? Uh, I'll play Ramondre. Yeah, Ramondre. It's not it's not the flashy play, but I think it's the right play. Well, and Ramondre just still got the passing work. Like he still had six targets. I mean, I. I wouldn't. There's not a world where I'd play Damian Harris this week on prime time. You don't need to if you, you haven't had Damian Harris for the last five weeks. You know, you can drop him, pick up a Jerick McKinnon, and play him over. I think I would do that over. You know, playing Damian Harris. Um, but on the Vikings side, it's really cut and dry. It's literally just Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson, and then you know, on the Patriots side, it's Stevenson and Jacoby Myers. If you have to, you're but you're playing Nick. <laughs> the Patriots defense probably no matter what. So I love that you threw I love that you threw Dick Folk in there. He's our he's our kicker start of the week for sure. Uh that dude is I think he's the number one kicker in the 
Patriots in the number one. Well, I don't know. Tyler Bass's 23-point performance might have vaulted him up there. Nonetheless. Brett Maher, too. Oh, that's true. Brett Maher's just out here kicking 60-yard bombs. Uh, I think I played him in a league this week, and that was not fun. So um, are you tempering Justin Jefferson's expectations at all, or do you think he's pretty – I mean – stout you're playing him pretty confidently i mean obviously you're playing him but you know what i'm saying like against the new england defense yeah it's a i think it's a moot point he's in that well, elite tier that i don't think there's anything you do differently he he could still have a you know i mean i guess 150 maybe, and two yeah <laughs> like, do you maybe put some higher ceiling guy in your flex um to maybe make up for I don't know him not getting 25 points instead he's just getting 15 i don't know i'm, I'm I probably just, getting in the weeds there but well, my question, I mean, I haven't seen any news today. I haven't been checking it, but is there any updates on like the turf toe rumors? I've seen no news and I looked before the podcast because I have him in a couple leagues. I've seen no negative reports. Like everything's yeah. good. It was kind of a scare. I just think he's in a tier that I don't, totally. I don't bank around. It's kind of like, I mean, we've played this game with Devontae Adams the last couple of weeks and it's like, oh, he's a bad matchup against Denver. And it's like, Oh, he puts up, you know, hundred. Yeah. It's just, it, I don't know. He shut down the Patrick it, Sertan <laughs> argument. Like, yeah, it wasn't really. Yeah, it's not really a question of, for me of like, do I start him? It's more of a question of like, if I'm if I'm in playoffs, am I trying to trade away Justin Jefferson as high as I possibly can, given there's a worry that he has turf toe? And I just I haven't heard anything, so I just was asking. Yeah, I think if he uh, he might have, I think he was limited in practice. Oh, I can look this up. Well. If we record any much longer, but um, there has been no negative reports to my knowledge. So, in that case, it's a full go. Um, but obviously, stay updated because things change in the NFL on a daily basis, right? So, this is a curveball and not so much fantasy related, but who wins that game, Vikings or Patriots? Patriots. Uh, I think the Vikings do pretty easily. Whoa. That I offense. bet it's, they I bet, got, I bet it's going to be. 23, 23, 13 Patriots. I'm not in the NFL betting world, um, but we, this is a fantasy football podcast, but uh, the Vikings got embarrassed by the Cowboys. I think they come out with a, on a mission and have a game plan. So we'll see. I'll go Patriots as well, but I don't know that it's as clear cut. I think that'll be a good game. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's end today with a few trade targets, maybe with the deadline coming up. Most of the deadlines are probably going to be in the next couple of weeks if they haven't already happened. So just some, some people to to keep in mind that we, we might be targeting. So one of the guys that we already talked about is Ramondre. Um, I think we pretty clear cut covered why he's a target with his target share increasing, even with Damian Harris, um, with the Patriots relying heavily on that bruiser kind of style football, play good defense, run the ball, and then also haven't thrown it sprinkled in the pass catching. Um, somebody give me a, a realistic Ramondre offer. I think we were talking about a few before the show, but who? What's maybe something you can package together? To go get Ramondre to give our listeners or listeners a barometer there. Uh, I mean, I th- go ahead. Uh, tell me which side you like more: Ramondre Stevenson or Antonio Gibson and Christian Watson? I'll take Ramondre there. Yeah, I think your risky play is Antonio Gibson with JD McKissick out, but uh, so but so if you sell Gibson and Watson, I think you could get him. I think this is crazy, but I think you could just sell Tony Pollard for him, probably straight up. 
and get a little bit more certainty. We just, I mean, this, it could be Tony Pollard to the moon, but it's most likely going to be a split backfield as he gets more healthy. Uh, Ramondre has a really good rest of season schedule, including a good playoff schedule. It might, I mean, you might not need to do that move, but that's a decent valuation. I think if you work off of that valuation for other trades, I think, I think right. you see a big week from Tony Pollard this week. And then I start, I think you see D- Zeke kind of start eating into more touches as it gets healthier. So I think after this week, you might be able to sell Pollard very high if you're doing that. Um, but just a, just a hunch. So what about uh, Jamar Chase, Mike Evans, uh, Stefan Diggs, these three guys kind of, um, I mean, I probably rank that Stefan Diggs, Jamar Chase, Mike Evans rest of the season, but uh, what are, what are some offers you're throwing at? Why are you trying to talk about acquiring them? Um, maybe start with I'll, Jamar I'll Chase. Put Jam- I'll put Jamar Chase above Stefan Diggs on my rankings personally. And I mean, you can see why, I mean, that's assuming he gets back and is healthy right before his injury. I mean, what do you put up that game that he got injured? Like 160 and two or something ridiculous. Something dumb like that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I threw Stefan Diggs in there just like arbitrarily, just because he kind of had, he's not had any a blow up performance in the last like two weeks. And so if the Stefan Diggs owner is seeing, you know, Jamar Chase coming back or is seeing, you know, all these big Tyreek Hill games and you can get Tyreek Hill plus for Stefan Diggs, this is the time where people are trying to consolidate and make their last moves for the playoffs. And if somebody is disappointed with Stefan, like if you can turn Devontae Adams into Stefan Diggs plus, would you do that? Oh, absolutely. In a yeah. heartbeat. And I think anyone would do that. I think anyone, any Devontae Adams under, or, yeah. Devontae Adams under. Any Stephon Diggs under would trade you that for, would trade you Stephon Diggs for Devontae Adams. And so that, that was my reason of throwing it in there. I agree though, Braden, that Jamar Chase is a good buy if you can get him. Whoever's been holding on to him though is probably ready for his return and it might be a hard time to buy. But if you can somehow find a way to get 90 cents on the dollar, 95 cents on the dollar, I still would do it. Hey, Alex, do you want, Devonte Adams for Stefan Diggs and uh third round draft pick in Dynasty. Dynasty is a different story, but if you want to talk trades, let's talk after this because I <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't not interest me. If we could have got Alex that. to commit uh, to a trade live <laughs> on the podcast, that would be uh very incredible if you know Alex. So uh okay, real quick for the last sell highs. Uh <laughs> we're going real quick this a lot of this podcast, but uh before we run through some sell highs, Dalvin Cook and Mike Evans, maybe maybe not so much Dalvin Cook, but Mike Evans, if you have them in Dynasty and you're losing like your team is not looking like it's going to make the playoffs um do you sell them are you good holding them through the next season um just where they're at in their career arc Braden, what I think do you it, think or alex i was just gonna say i think in dynasty you have to sell both if you're not a contender granted now if you are a contender in dynasty ordinary draft i think both are good buys because dalvin cook is kind of fun under the radar he still gets all the work um the Vikings offense is obviously good. They come out early on people too. So they have a lot of work for Dalvin Cook down the stretch. And then Mike Evans and really Chris Godwin are both kind of by lows maybe at this time of the year with just the Tom Brady playoff push and everything they do. I think they're both they're both discounted considerably. But I interrupted. I didn't know you were tossing out to Braden, so I, I jumped in. But I'll uh... Now, <clears throat> the question was, do we need to trade – do you need to sell Dalvin Cook and Mike Evans in Dynasty? That was the question, right. right? And I said yes to both, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the answer is both. I mean, um, in our our league that we three play in, 
I have some of the most points for, and I just have gotten so unlucky. And so got to play better defense, man. I do. I do. <laughs> defense wins championships. And I just, the 49ers defense in my starting lineup wasn't cutting it. So, um, but um, yeah, I have Mike Evans and I, I think everyone's kind of looking at my roster, trying to, trying to pick off the players that I don't, I'm not going to necessarily have ready for next year. So um, I agree. I think you need to, if you're not competing, you need to trade away Dalvin cook. And if you are competing, I think he is a really, really, I think he is a better buy than Mike Evans personally. Um, I, I still think he is just elite and whether Minnesota corrects course on Thanksgiving or not, it's coming. And um, I, I think that they're going to be, I think he's going to be great down the stretch for the playoffs. I was not tracking with you on the correct course at first, but I, I get your point now. I was like, they've only lost two games this season, Braden. <laughs> what course yeah, are they correct? Yeah, but they... I see where they, yes, where they came from last game and the Patriots, like you said, could beat them. So people could be questioning that. I, I got there. All right, I got there. So uh, let's close with some sell highs before the trade down. We'll each take one of these. There's three on here. So uh, I'll talk about this one since we've talked about a lot already and maybe don't need to say much. And then Braden, you can take the second and Alex, you can take the last. But uh, Tony Pollard, again, I think you're probably waiting one more week to see what he does this week. I don't think he's going to do anything this week to hurt his stock. I think he'll only help his stock. So maybe if you can hold him um, and then sell him, Sell him high, maybe even for Ramondre plus after this week if Ramondre doesn't have that great of a great of a game. So, um, Alex, you got a point it's, there. It's just depending on your trade deadline. If a lot of trade deadlines are this week, so if you right. can, yes. that's the only thing. Yes, but if it, check, if it's check your trade deadlines. Yeah, yeah. So that that's me, Alex or Braden. Excuse me. Uh, you have Traylon Burks down there, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, to to clarify, I have Traylon Burks down there with two question marks. And so it's a question of the old double question. Yeah. Is is two question marks? (laughs) Is that better than three? Or (laughs) it's just I don't know. Are we are we selling high on Traylon Burks? So I scooped him up before he started. And so I'm wondering, is this a true breakout? So this is a a fan, this is a mailbag question. Well, this is this is a lot. I mean there's a lot of people like they, they saw the Garrett Wilson blow up games. They've seen the Chris Olave blow up games like with Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. And so I th- they're, they're, I think I th- they're looking at Traylon Burks wondering the same thing. So is he going really to sell high? You're going to have to pair him with somebody. I don't think you're going to sell him straight up and get anything upgraded too much, but I think he's a good pairing piece with say, I mean, if you're selling Tony Pollard and Traylon Burks for, I don't know, you may be able to go get, yeah, I was going to say Dalvin Cook, but I don't know. I mean, you might like, get... like Drake London or Burks rest of the season. Probably Burks. Yeah, I probably go Burks too. I would probably go London without Pitts there. Just the offense, uh, that's, man. That's true. Do you think I'll Mariota... take Mike? I'll take Mike Bur- variable over uh, Arthur Smith. I <laughs> just, uh, I don't know. It's questionable, but I mean, uh, I think I think but... it's valid. I mean, the the Traylon Burks conversation. It's I could see it him having value in a trade. Well, and part of my argument to trade him and pair him with someone is, and I, when we talk trades all the time, I always say like, I'll just trade like unrealized value for realized value, like 10 times out of 10. So we've seen a couple flashes from Traylon Burks, but if I can pair that and go get like a Mike Evans and somebody that I know is going to be good for me down the stretch, this is not a dynasty talk, but just for a redraft, I'd rather do it. And you miss out every once in a while, but I think by and large, it, it happens. I'll throw in mine really quick. My sell high is Christian Watson, and that's for the same reason. Five touchdowns and 
two weeks. Like it's just it's unreal. I think if you can capitalize on that, it's obviously not going to continue. So if you can capitalize on that in any way, shape, or form, I think it it is just common sense to do so. Now, if he scores, you know, fifteen touchdowns the rest of the season because of this pace, like you just you miss out. But I think you you roll the dice there and and hope that somebody's willing to take you up on that. Yeah, you have to have to follow those data points, right, Alex? Data points show historically data historical data shows it's not going to continue. So, I have one last I have one last quick question with like sell high, buy low, all of it. Let's talk about Saquon real quick because Giants don't have a favorable schedule coming up. He hasn't been super productive. They lost another wide receiver. Uh, they lost another lineman. Is there concern going into playoffs? If you are the Saquon manager, you probably are going to be getting into playoffs. So is there any concern there? You're looking at me like I said something wrong. I'm just I thought, I'm, I thought you froze for a second because it cut off and I was like, what? I just I don't see no. that face often from Alex. So I'm wondering uh, what that I'm means. just uh you are the Saquon owner uh in another league that we can talk through. Uh and oh. I've been trying to get him. So I uh, might be a little biased on that one, but I will put I'll put our leagues aside. I mean, that's like, dynasty. So I was I was not thinking sure. about that. I'm thinking about like redraft where sure. everything is irrelevant after week 17. I like, OK. Tony Pollard and Traylon Burks for Saquon. Would you do that? No, I want Saquon. But like my question is, would you give away Saquon and Christian Watson to get Derrick Henry? Yeah. That's like those yeah. are the types of questions I'm trying to ask. Okay, Saquon and Burks or Watson for Alvin Kamara. Wait, what? Saquon, I want the Saquon side. Saquon, I want the Saquon if, and Watson side over Alvin Kamara. But you would do that for Henry. Did you mean to say Alvin Kamara and Christian Watson for Saquon? No, I'm saying the other way because you're saying what? To sell on Saquon. Yeah, but I. I I mean, Saquon's a top five running back. Kamara's right, right, not... as of right now. But the rest of the season, you just I mean, out, you I just laid out think... the case against Saquon. So I'm, I'm saying, okay, Saquon's what are we doing to pivot regress... around? Yeah, I don't think Saquon's going to regress that much. I think that yeah, there's, there's definitely, I think Derrick Henry's a good comp there, but it's going to be hard to, hard to part with Saquon because if they don't have pass catchers, and he's just going to become the pass catcher, like he's. Danny sure, but it comes Danny sure, but is, is he gonna is he gonna have 10 receptions for 41 yards? Like that's what he's been doing. Like that he is, he hasn't been having these blow up games. And that so is 14 points, and then if he gets a touchdown, that's 20 points. Okay, well, the Giants haven't been scoring touchdowns. So that's my that's my question. That's why I'm asking these questions. So, like I mean, if if you're asking that question, then other people are, so maybe it's an overcorrection and you can go get sake. I'm I'm on the Saquon side pretty much on, on anything, personally. Oh. And I am too. I guess that was my part of my like going for Alvin Kamara. Like, let's see. I don't think there's that many guys you would take over Saquon rest of season. So unless you're going to divest down, right, and get give Saquon up and get, I'm just meaning like, um, would I'm just meaning like, if you're the Saquon manager, would you pair like a like a a low end wide receiver too? Like, would you pair up Saquon and Gabe Davis to go get? Eckler or Henry or, or Nick, Taylor Nick or... Chubb or yeah you know like but I mm-hmm. I just that's kind of where I'm at of like that's what I'm asking of I'm looking at schedule and the Giants really beat up and 
I just don't think that people are going to view. I think people are going to view Saquon based on what he's been this season, and he's still the running back five on the season. So, so it can be done. Yeah, and I guess the flip of that then is, would you trade? So, if you're worried about Saquon and you need receivers, but you're good at running back, would you take a Saquon and go trade him for like a Ramondre and Mike Evans or Godwin, or like a Etienne? Pollard would be a little bit stretched, but like Ramondre and Etienne in kind of that category that you're divesting, but you're still getting depth. And I don't know if I would do that. I think I still take the Saquon side, but I that's a good conversation. I think there's a you can go either direction with it if you want to either use Saquon to get and another piece to go up, or you liquidate Saquon and get you know another running back, another wide receiver. So I think that's a good point. Poor Saquon, man. Poor Saquon gets back, gets healthy, has a great season, and you guys are trying to trade him. Just, just no respect. Just kidding. Well, that is a lot of Saquon info there for you, you to digest at the end of end of the podcast there. But we're gonna go ahead and get out on that note. Uh, we hope that you guys have a happy Thanksgiving. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy some football. Enjoy some turkey. And uh, we will not be doing a start sit. So. Uh, we'll be back with you next week after this sled game. So good luck out there. And uh, until next time, Braden's going to say You should. Something. Yeah, I was just going to say just a little bonus because we're not doing start sit. Here's a little start sit. You should start Travis Etienne and you should sit James Robinson. We are the Average Pros. See ya. Your time is valuable. And we thank you for sharing a little of it with the average pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.